Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 3rd of May, the 123rd day of 2021, giving us 242 days until 2022. Today in 1810, English romantic poet Gordon, Lord Byron, swam the Hellespont, a strait at the northwest corner of Turkey, which was made famous by the mythological love story of Hero and Leander. Hero, a virgin priestess of Aphrodite, lived on the European side at what once was called Sestos, and Leander was a resident of the Asian side in Abydos. Every night, Leander swam the Hellespont to visit his true love. The distance is about five kilometers, almost that of the Islesboro Crossing in our own Penobscot Bay. That swim will not be in person again this year, but rather virtual, meaning those of us who have done the real Islesboro Crossing in previous years are invited to swim the equivalent of 5.1 kilometers, roughly 3.1 miles, anywhere we'd like, a lake, a river, a swimming pool, or an actual open water coastal effort. As most of us have noticed, some event planners are more cautious than others. Since the Islesboro Crossing is a fundraising event hosted by Life Flight of Maine, a medically-oriented outfit, exquisitely knowledgeable in the ways of COVID and in precautions to avoid spreading it, protocols of masking, distancing, sanitation, and avoidance of gatherings remain stringently in place. Not so with various other organizations sponsoring outdoor events, as seen by some of the 2021 canoe races that have opted to be held instead of being canceled. Heavenward, our view may be somewhat obscured by cloud covering this evening, but we might glimpse the Edda meteor showers becoming increasingly active the next few evenings. Also in the southeast sky before sunrise, watch for the waning crescent moon keeping company with Saturn and Jupiter. Lots of plans for the summer are being made so that many former quarantiners are planning to transition into becoming part of a burgeoning traveling public. Why on earth should anyone believe that the pandemic is almost over? This past week, the national COVID-19 death toll rose again by at least 5,000, so that since counting began more than a year ago, nearly 576,000 Americans have lost their lives to the novel coronavirus. Some of us might remember Dr. Anthony Fauci a year ago, inaccurately forecasting only a fifth of that number would die. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide was approaching 151 million, an increase again of at least 6 million cases globally since the week before. And along with the escalation globally of those confirmed cases, the number of fatalities is now verging on 3.2 million inhabitants of planet Earth having succumbed to the COVID-19 pandemic. And the U.S. is still winning the gold medal in the COVID challenge. It's simple. We're really good at it. Although we here in the U.S. have only 4% of the world's population, we consistently have had at least 23% of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases and 19% of the world's COVID-19 fatalities. In other words, we're now at nearly 33 million cases since the beginning of the pandemic and more than 576,000 deaths. No longer so distantly behind us, India continues in second place, having more than 18.8 million confirmed cases, an increase of 2.5 million cases since last week. 
and Brazil is in third place with 14.6 million confirmed cases. France continues in fourth place with 5.7 million cases, and Turkey, with a 38,000 case lead, edged out Russia last week, so that Turkey, with 4.8 million cases, is in fifth place, and Russia, also with 4.8 million cases, is in sixth place. The UK is in a close seventh place with 4.5 million cases. Currently behind the number one U.S. in COVID fatality rankings are, in second through fourth place, Brazil, Mexico, and India. Today in 1898 in Kiev, Ukraine, Golda Mavovitz was born the seventh of eight children to Moshe Mavovitz, a woodworker, and Bluma, his enterprising spouse. Moshe sold his woodworking tools and emigrated to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, planning to send money back to his family so they might follow him to America. After three years, he scraped together enough for their fare, while in the meantime, Bluma had worked in her father's tavern, sold bread door-to-door, and negotiated for false passports, as Bluma needed to appear as being half her age. The trip itself got off to a rough start when the family's luggage was stolen before they boarded the boat. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us that when the family eventually arrived in Milwaukee, they found Moshe was not prospering and had only been able to afford a one-room apartment. So Bluma borrowed money from a moneylender, opened a grocery, and put the children to work. Bluma and Golda quarreled. Golda wanted to become a teacher, but Bluma said she needed Golda in the grocery store and also arranged a marriage to a rich man twice Golda's age. Golda ran away to live with her sister, Shana, who had earlier defected. This softened Bluma somewhat, and she canceled the arranged marriage and allowed Golda to study teaching, though she steamed open the letters Golda had received from her boyfriend. Golda became a teacher and became married, and then a Zionist leader who, under the name Golda Meir, became Prime Minister of Israel. Today is also the birthday of, Ita- of Italian political treatise writer Niccolo Machiavelli in 1469, of American actor and singer Bing Crosby in 1903, of American actress Mary Astor in 1906, of American middleweight boxer Sugar Ray Robinson in 1921, of American soul singer James Brown in 1933, and of Canadian magician Doug Henning. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the seventh official week of spring. We're picking up speed towards summer. <laughs>